Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. On today's podcast, we have Mick Heron. He's a runner. He's a bit of a GC. Uh, and he probably shouldn't be alive at the moment. He had a near-death experience. He was pronounced clinically dead. So he's going to touch on that. Uh, he's having a crack at breaking some local running records. He's got some tips for the Queenstown Marathon, if you're having a go at that. And he also talks about just general Queenstown life. Your real self is inside you. Your body gets old. Some of you go to look at the fridge, look on, you don't have no teeth. Your hair is leaving you. Your bodies get tired. But your soul and your spirit never die. Sweat as the podcast. Howdy yo. Wow, what an absolute pleasure to have the one and only Mick Heron here at Sweat as. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. How's it going? Yeah, good. Good week. Mate. Amazing week. Now that the snow's calm, everyone's sort of perked up a bit. Yeah, it's been cold. Cold at work, that's for sure. Yeah. Had in it. We nearly got snowed in today. Did you? Yeah. Where were you? You were up at Moak Lake? Yeah, at Moak Lake and it started to snow and then started to settle. And we thought we'd better get out of here, otherwise we wasn't going to get out. Yeah. Luckily enough, we... That was a good, good early knockoff on a Friday, that's for sure. That's it, I know. Coming here, what is it? Sort of, is it 4.40... Friday the was it second of August or something? Yeah, second of August. Coming here, yeah, there's um some pretty steamed people sort of walking up just by the red ground who must have just down tools or whatever when the snow started <laughs> this morning and have just been sending it. The blokes I was working with were straight to the pub at nine o'clock. They're yeah. like, Yeah, yeah, it's ten already, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going home to do some bookwork. Yeah. Oh, geek. Um Right, Mick Heron of you met my flatmate Jimmy the other night. He sort of referred to you as like a classic Aussie Legend. bloke. Yeah. You know, uh, if I could describe you just for people listening, if you, I'd say you got a smile that could melt steel beams. <laughs> I've never heard that one before, but I'll take it. You, you've got one of the more tolerable tones of ginger. <laughs> Strawberry blonde, I reckon. Strawberry, yeah, Strawberry blonde go. or ginger. I mean, in some circumstances, I'll take that I'm ginger, but <laughs> only when it's good. <laughs> And, um, and you're, a, you're a bit of an athlete, but um, how long have you been in Queenstown? Uh, Queenstown since 6th of January 2018, to be exact. And I remember it specifically because the day I landed here was 12 degrees, and I come from 50 at home, 50, 5 zero. Shut. It was incredible. My brother sent me a text when I landed, and he said, I bet you're not, bet you're not sick of this. And then I sent him a photo of the remarks in the middle of summer, and there was a dusting of snow at the top. Yeah. <laughs> it was unreal. But... So first, what a way to start a year, eh, into good old Queenstown. But you grew up sort of near Adelaide. How was life out there? Yeah, just just north of Adelaide, three and a half hours, a place called Port Augusta in the country. Um, Well, when you say the country, it was on the coast, but north of Adelaide. Um, It was good. I come from, like, there's not a real lot of people there, probably 20,000 max, like, all-time max, I suppose, and it's down to about 10,000 now. So I was a, a, a close-knit community, always has been. I mean, you know, you walk down the street, you know everyone, and I like that about most places. I suppose that's what I like about Queenstown too. It's, I lived in Adelaide for like the last five or six years before I moved here. Yeah. And I don't know, I kind of... Adelaide's not a bad place by any means. I, I did fall in love with it, and it's pretty cool, but at the same time, it's a big city, and I'm not much of a city person, you know. I like, like, it's good to visit a city, but I'm sort of... I'm more drawn to a place like this where it's you know there's people around and there's stuff to do but at the same time you can walk down the street and you'll see someone and say good day and you know you know each other sort of thing it's, it's yeah. real different but 
it's weird when you go to like one of those bigger cities and I do I sort of look at everyone like on walking paths and see if like, like you know to get like a nod or something yeah, or yeah like look at I mean a lot of the time it seems to be like people look at you and think what are you checking me out for but you look at someone ready to say good day because they were looking at you and then they really they were just looking straight through you yeah yeah <laughs> they didn't want to say good day at all yeah, exactly <laughs> which is but in the, like back in the country everyone was looking at you because they know you and want to say good day and hey how's your day been and, you know, yeah driving you, you always raise a finger always eh? yeah that's right give someone a wave or a, or a toot or whatever yeah yeah or normally wind the window down and give me a yell <laughs> <laughs> um you I know you're a bit of you're a pretty active joker what sort of um activities did you get up to sort of growing up and around Australia were you always doing heaps of stuff or yeah I mean I grew up um, like I said, in the country town, and then we moved from in town when I was a little fella down to the coast. Um, we got a shack down on the coast. That old man's a builder as well, and he did that up for the few years we lived there instead of you know traveling to and from every weekend or whatever. But um, yeah, I grew up on the coast and like free as a bird, just used to. I remember like me and my mates and my older brother and stuff, he's a few years older than me, but we used to just jump on our push bikes even as like five and six year olds and just boost off all day. Yeah, and we had I remember we had this particular dog that used to run from where we were back home and like mum always said she knew that we were okay because the dog would come trotting back and then wag his tail and come running typical dog Aussie dog Kelpie um, but, but, yeah, it was, <laughs> uh, but it was it was good it was like always into on the bikes and running and, and then like always playing sports you know like Aussie rules and yeah. I, mean, I was never a real good cricketer, but <laughs> I tried my hand at that for a little while. I loved basketball, and and yeah, it was growing up, it was mainly just footy and all that sort of stuff, you know. You know, like, Australians with cricket, like you don't have to be real good. You just need to know a few shortcuts or yeah, well, um, have a bit of sandpaper. Yeah, have a bit of sandpaper. I mean, I got lots of sandpaper at work now, so we no worries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you're getting that ball to move a wee bit, mate. It's, Steve Smith's just knocked 150 or something in the ashes. Just this, has he? 134 or something like that. Yeah, he's. Gone real well, but Shouldn't be playing at, though, should at he? the same time, that's you look at the news articles and everyone's telling to, to yeah, you should have been banned for the game for life and stuff. But yeah, no, we're not, we're not here to talk. No, about no, no. Anyway, all good, all good. Um, so you've always, always sort of been moving one way or another. Always, yeah. I, love, I mean, I'm active kid. Always, I probably, I probably, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was always on the go. Like everyone always said to me, I was, I was a crazy little kid that had too much energy. And I was grow up, still have that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but. It's good. Um, when you were introduced to me, sort of uh, at the start of summer-ish, uh, you were introduced as a runner. Yeah. And so that sort of it sounds like that's sort of taken you around the world a wee bit. Yeah, yeah, around well, to around Australia and then around over to Europe and stuff. Um, I was uh, planned to move out of, when I planned to move out of the country. I sort of started to race triathlons um, in the country, and I was travelling to the city a lot of the time during the summer to race like the short distance triathlons um, and then that was one of the reasons why I moved to Adelaide to get a bit closer to competitions rather than travelling all the time just a bit of a change and then one training um, one training I went out and I met these people and this girl said come and her and her husband were training and stuff and I went and caught up with them or whatever I met them you know, through my girlfriend at the time and then their coach said you're a good runner like straight away she said you've got a bit of talent if you if you want to run bit more serious come out and train with us and so how old were you when you that, got well, shoulder tapped here I was uh, 20 22 when I moved so I was like real late to the sport like in athletics you know what I mean I've always loved to run and yeah always loved to be on the go and stuff but 
when I moved into athletics, it was sort of late in the scene, you know, because yeah. I mean? it was a like twenty-two year old first. The sport is it's kind of late, you know. What I mean, you look at a lot of the Olympians and stuff, and some of them are hitting their peak at twenty-two, and I'm only just starting, you know. But yeah. so I give up triathlons and stayed in the city, and uh, yeah, started to um, like gain a love for the, the sport in athletics, and I had a group of a real strong group of people around me, like the training squad. Team Daily, um, they were like the most amazing group of people that you could ever ask for in a training squad because they were just there every day in and out, there to support you, you know, that sort of stuff. And and one of my best mates now, he was, he was, <clears throat> he was my training partner for the, you know, most of the time that I was in athletics. All the time I was in athletics, you yeah, know. Cool. So. Yeah, you could have a buddy there doing it with yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. And it was, I mean, the love of the love of running come from years ago when I after after my accident. Um, and it was a kind of, I, I think it, that woke me up a bit to, to make me realise like being healthy and fit and on the go all the time is like where I wanted to be. And, and you know, like that was only when I was youngster, but, and then, I, you know, like concentrated on footy and trying to make an A grade team and, and then into triathlons and, and then into athletics and all that sort of stuff. But I suppose the, the seriousness of athletics hit me when when I started, like it's a, it's a relentless sport, you know, you soon get, Showing up if you if you're no good, that's for sure. Yeah, you got to be sort of firing. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. a lot of you know on all cylinders all of the time. But you mentioned the accident there. I remember being pretty rocked when you told me about this, where you died. Yeah, yeah, it was, well, yeah, pronounced clinically dead at the scene, basically of, of a car accident. I was uh, that was when I was living in the country. Um, I was doing doing my trade back home, um, and I was travelling to Adelaide every. Oh, every two months I think it was for every month for a week here and there do blocks of trade school in the city and uh, one particular block I had my, my pee so I could drive my car by myself to and from the city That's, I don't know if, what the licence your pee yeah pee no, probably shouldn't mention a drug <laughs> habit no no pee provision, pee license provisional licence yeah P one P two, whatever it's called um, but I uh, yeah anyway I was in Adelaide after my block of trade school and on a Saturday I stayed in Adelaide the Friday night. You know, I was only young, so I didn't go out, and I was only 16, so yeah. I wasn't out on the piss or anything like that. But uh, Saturday afternoon, got up and started to head back, and just north of Adelaide, um, five to be exact, five kilometres uh, yeah, south of a place called Snowtown. Um, and I, it's, the reason it's so specific is because just ahead of the accident, there was a big 5K to Snowtown sign, and it said, stop, revive, survive. Um, and I fell asleep. Um, drifted off the side of the road on my car on my you know off the side of the road into a culvert head first and flipped the car um luckily enough I had my seatbelt on I was still in the car cars upside down and I was as far as I know I was unconscious or you know I was unconscious and the uh, first person on the scene was a doctor which was extremely lucky yeah uh, he was coming the opposite direction and so well he's I don't think he saw it happen but he saw like a puff of smoke or dust and all that sort of stuff and and he was actually travelling to Adelaide with his family to go on a holiday, I think. And uh, he stopped and had a look and jumped in the car and was giving me CPR in the car. Um, and then another car was coming the same direction as him. There was two nurses and they jumped. They, apparently they, they stopped and, and helped helped him. Um, one of them stopped a truck driver and, uh, and a truck stopped and they grabbed a fire extinguisher off the back of the truck from all accounts and there was a little it was only quite small there was a fire like the car the engine was on fire because it was it was you know it was pretty wrecked um, yeah. and I was we were all still in the car and upside down and I was bleeding out um, and then another truck stopped and helped 
get me out of the car, basically. Was it just you in the car? Or just you... me in the car, me and, me and my motorbike and, and, uh, and my bags and tools, and there was tools scattered everywhere, as you can imagine. Um, and then, yeah, <sighs> by that time, um, by that time, I think an ambulance had arrived, and they lifted me out of, out of my car and into the ambulance. And then it all, from all accounts, I reckon it all, it all went downhill from there. That's when I was pronounced clinically dead at the scene. In the, oh, at the, at the in, scene, in, in the ambo in the, or sort of? Yeah, in the ambulance. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And then from there... Uh, did you, what, can you recall anything else? Do you remember, did you see your life flash nah, your eyes? Or nah, did you, you purgatory like or? So, so many people have said to me, Jesus, you must have, have you seen the light? What's it like on the other side? Yeah. All this sort of stuff. And to be honest with you, I, I don't remember anything. I like if it's been quite a few years now, and I think about it. Like I think about it, it's, it sounds crazy, but I think about it on a on a weekly, if not daily basis. Like it's literally shaped me how I am today. And and you know, people will always say, "Man, how come you're so positive?" And you know, all the time you you can't seem to be struck down. Like you know, everyone there's an emotion. Every emotion has its place. You know what I mean? And everyone's always going to get upset and angry and frustrated and happy and all all the time. But I don't know. I always my philosophy is now regardless of a situation I can't be in a worse situation you know like I've been to a point where I can I'm basically gone I am gone you know what I mean and yeah and there was through pure luck and so many different variables as to why I'm here the doc, I remember the neurosurgeon saying to me later he said mate this is this is like one one in a million chance that you're still here and it's like oh, it's pretty crazy um it's a pretty least, good reason to sort of relish yeah, every yeah day, and it's, it is bit, and yeah. it's like I always it sounds this is a bit heavy but I always say like a bad bad experience in life is well there's no such thing as a bad experience in life it's just a life lesson you know what I mean and you'll hear people say that all the time but in my mind I think to myself there's you know there's you'll learn from your mistakes and if you don't then you've got no hope but yeah. <laughs> if, you know like there's there's no such no such thing as a bad situation I always say I um just and then when it comes to the opposite like you know every every good situation you're in you you like make the absolute most of it. So yeah. if somewhat of an opportunity, you know, if, if there's a good good opportunity presents itself, rather than think, oh, what if maybe I shouldn't do this because of the circumstances or I shouldn't do this because of what might happen in the future. I, in my mind, I think to myself, it's all about like here and now and the present, be present and do things with intent, you know what I mean? Because you, and it sounds crazy, but you don't know what tomorrow brings. Exactly. And in this instance, I was 16, I had, the world at my feet, sort of, you know, somewhat, and it, nothing was ever going to break me because nothing ever breaks a sixteen-year-old. You know what I mean? In your head, but at the same time, it was I was so close to not ever being able to experience anything ever again, which was yeah, it was pretty hard. So, does that sort of shape your outlook? Where you do you have sort of long-term goals or plans, or are you sort of almost just taking it as it comes? Well, because it sounds like it's, sort of leaning yeah. So the a lot of the time, a lot of the time, people will say to me, "What's your plan and what are you doing?" And that's but in my mind, it's always good to have goals. You know, people will succeed and do well in life in things because they set little goals. You know what I mean? It's the way that you progress and move forward. But it is hard. Like I, I see my, I like to set goals. Yeah, um, but. Like I try not to look too long term. Yeah. Um, I like to sort of think to myself, if I set a goal, it's kind of a few years, five years max. And then from there, I'll, I'll build, I suppose. Because if you start looking, I mean, a lot of the time you think you can't even look two months ahead because things change in two months, you know what I mean? But ultimately, like, I'd like to be closer to my family one day and 
I, like I've got the most amazing family that anyone could ever ask for. Yeah. Um, you know, I put them through absolute hell this day <laughs> a few years ago, um, and they yeah they were there. My friends and family were there for me, supported. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of goals and long term goals and stuff, it's it's hard. It, I mean, I do have them, but it's you know unless it's a specific question, I don't know if I, you know what I mean. I'm working for myself now, and I I want to establish a business here in Queenstown. That's that I don't need to chase work, you know, it's the kind of thing is I'd like to in building. I like to um I like to think that I could establish a business that would just work comes work, to you. Work, you know, yeah. When I remember when I first started a few years ago in Adelaide when I started working for myself, I always used to say, I feel like I'm standing behind a ball about the size of a house and all I'm doing is pushing it real, real slow and once it starts to roll there's no stopping it, you know what I mean? And it's like it uh, initially when it's stood still it's gonna be hard as hell to push but when you give it a bit of a nudge and it keeps going and going, you get a good name for yourself in work. And, and in, regards, in regards to um, goals, I want to, I suppose, I want to I want to make the most of all the work that's going on here in Queenstown and enjoy this place for oh, what it's worth. a bloody gold mine. It's <laughs> 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 happening everywhere. It's, well, it's, uh, it's literally a gold mine, isn't it? <laughs> it was years ago. It was, yeah. Uh, so how long were you hospitalized for how, how does your recovery go um it was coming back from it was unbelievably quick um i was well back to the story i was taken out of the ambulance in a bad way at the scene um and they'd give me cpr and got me back back to life i suppose got me back breathing and back to where i needed to be to be somewhat stable um i'm pretty sure they intubated me tube down the throat to help me breathe and stuff at the scene and then i was a helicopter arrived, ambulance helicopter, and flew me back to the city. Um, and then I was uh, airlifted to the airport, actually. <laughs> Mum told me later that I was... It, yeah, apparently there was already a helicopter waiting on top of the, the, the hospital and wouldn't shift it because <laughs> I wasn't serious enough. But anyway, I was uh, went to the um, went to the airport and then taken to hospital and put in ICU and induced in a coma where I was basically the only things keeping me alive at that time were the machines, you know, I'd, I was in a bad way. I, um, my head swelled to three times the size it is now through blood pressure. So, I mean, I only got a little head, but if you can imagine it's as basically as wide as, if not, you know, my shoulders is pretty, I, I, um, it's pretty bad. They, uh, I remember my old man telling me after the accident, he said he walked into ICU and looked at me and he said, mate, you just weren't even recognizable. You know, it was that bad, which is, pretty hard for me to sort of comprehend you know what I mean yeah um, <clears throat> but I was yeah I th- and then I was in a coma for a week a week or so uh, in a bad way in and out of in and out of because it had been an induced coma they could take me in and out of sedation and um, yeah I, I had had no feeling I'm pretty sure I had no feeling sort of from my neck down um, for a while it was that was only short term but that was just basically my brain trying to rest and heal itself yeah. and that sort of stuff yeah right um, a lot of scans had a they went in through my skull and put a probe in and to release the pressure so I was basically just laying there like a filter taking in either blood and bleeding it out at the same time um, for a little while but uh, I was taken out of a few days like it was roughly a week I'm not exactly too sure how many days um, it's a while ago now and I was unconscious <laughs> I was pretty out of it but yeah, um, yeah they uh, took me out of sedation at one point in time and I, I think I started to make a bit of progress and get better and better and better and better and over a you know, 24 hour period they'd take me out of sedation then I would you know I was come under a lot of stress a so I would sort of come to and then they would you know my, I'd be under heaps of stress and my brain would be like bleed 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 and then they're like oh Jesus he's, he's 
doing himself more harm than good here so they put me back under and then they'd wake me up and tell me the same thing and put me back under and you know on real heavy um drugs and stuff like the <laughs> painkillers um <laughs> and uh, and then yeah they um a few days later they took me out and i think it was good enough to basically keep me awake i was in i don't really remember the pain but i, I kind of there's areas of it being like this real severe headache like the worst headache you could ever imagine so um, you, you mentioned it was like a one in a million chance the doctor said that you survived so it was sort of a case of millimetres from something happening for you not getting you know totally sort of wiped out yeah that's right he, well the, the, my brain swelled like I said to three times the size and apparently it got so close it was nearly severed my spinal cord so you can imagine it was only millimetres from severing my spinal cord and not being able to walk again. Oh my God. And it was, yeah, like, I mean, I was lucky to still be alive, but all these, these he's telling me later, um, I had to see my brain specialist every Sunday for six months, I reckon it was. And he, at one point in time, he told me it was like, you know, one in a million chance. There's no no medical explanation as why I'm still here. There's just all these, all these things went your way. There was like a guardian angel sitting on your shoulder this day because it was just, and I, I sort of see that and think, the simple fact of the matter is it just wasn't my time you know and, and that's heavy and a lot of people will say you know that people believe different things but I guess it just wasn't my day you know and you've experienced um, a fair bit since then where you've sort of had to sort of almost communicate the fact that, that you're like well, sh- I'm at- technically I'm not really supposed to be here yeah well I mean it's yeah and a lot of the time it's just it comes down to situations and circumstances and like I said, you, you take it every day as it comes, you know, and just try not to expect too much because when you, when you do live life with expectations, you just you seem to get let down, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's the recent philosophy of mine, is just lower your expectations yeah, well, about and everything. Then, and sometimes, you, and more often than not, you're pleasantly surprised. And it sounds bad, but like, and it's not like there's all these bad humans in the world, but at the same time, there's like if, if you go through life expecting the best of everything, you're going to let yourself down, you know what I mean? And You're going to be pretty sad. And you just wake up every day and in my mind, I just, I'm, I'm happy to be, I'm, I'm happy today was as good as yesterday and it's going to be as good as tomorrow, hopefully, <laughs> if not better. Uh, and it sounds like, yeah, you sort of are making the most of, of life. You recently went on a mission to South America. We surf yeah, trip. Went, to, uh, went over to Chile. It was a bit of a spontaneous trip to South America. Go um, smoothly? Yeah, it was, well, I was surfing, so it was as smooth as, but, um, yeah, I was originally wanted to go to, to California and surf. Well, that's what I had in my head. Um, and a family friend of ours, book, I contacted him and asked him if he could sort out and try and get us some, some tickets to see how cheap he could get some flights. Um, and he said, well, I go that side of the world when it's, you know, Christmas time, it's cold in most places. It snows everywhere. Why don't you go to South America? It's a bit warmer, you know. Still, it's summer. And then he suggested Chile, and and found me a uh, found me a pretty good deal with flights from from here in New Zealand back to Australia, see the family for Christmas, and then over to Chile and around Chile. Um, and I actually missed one of my flights, my connecting flight north, because um, I went flew into Santiago and I was supposed to go north a few hours, but I canned that flight through. I don't want to take responsibility, but it was either my bad communication or communication in the Melbourne airport. I'm not really too sure which one it was, but anyway, I missed my flight and my flight home got cancelled. <laughs> so I contacted him and, and uh, Latam Airlines wanted to charge me $3,000 to fly home one way from South America to New Zealand. And, uh, and I said to him, this was like right on New Year's, 
and it was going to be cheaper for me to fly to Brazil for a week and have a look around Brazil and surf and then come back later in the new year. It was going to be cheaper all around. But apparently Latem um, admitted and said there was miscommunication at Melbourne Airport and they basically gave me my seat back, but I still had to pay $1,200 for, for my seat, which was like the cancellation fee and then the re reapplying the fee to the... Mate, I also going to hear like, nice stories about traveling the coast, surfing, you know, living the dream, but oh, nah, it just sounds like a bloody nightmare well, with the that flight. Was, that was, I mean, yeah. So a bit of that? That was the only nightmare of the whole trip. I mean, Chile's one of the most amazing places. The, the people were unbelievably kind. Like, you've heard a bit of bad media before I went, and I thought to myself, I wasn't not sure what to expect, and I made a couple of jokes that I was going to get a donkey and hitchhike around and, and stuff like that, and people were like, mate, you're mad, you'll get shot, and yeah, yeah. But I uh, flew into Santiago and met the most amazing people at the hostel. We boosted out to the coast, um, Valparaiso, Vida del Mar, surfed there, and then back to the city, and, and then I headed south, which I already had accommodation planned, to a place called Punta Lubos. Um, this, it's famous left-hand break, and everyone in the whole of Chile knows it because it's like, it's this unbelievable point break, left-hand point break, and it's crazy strong. I remember jumping in the water the first day and thought, oh, this is, this is a piece of piss, I'm gonna be no worries. I didn't actually get out through the break for three days. That's how oh, the swell, the the current was so strong, it just kept dragging. I just wasn't strong enough. And I, you know, I thought to myself, oh, I'm paddle fit, I'm no worries. Got in the water and I was so underdone. Like, yeah. it smashed me for three days. I jumped in the water twice every day for three days. First three days I was in, in Pachilamu. Um, I think I was saying that wrong. Sorry to all you Chileans. Pachilamu. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, oh, yeah, it got smashed and then. The, the other 10 days after that was just the most the guys at the hostel were unreal um, the, the Chilean people were like beautiful and the best part about it was uh, my Spanish I, I knew three words in, in Spanish if that yeah. but they they could tell that I was I was useless and, and would help and would you know they weren't the sort of you have the classic sort of Google Translate chats yeah 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 hola yeah. como estas um, yeah but it was uh... <laughs> me llamo Enrique <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means. Huh? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't know what he, what that is, but uh, <laughs> oh, so my, it's my name. Oh, what'd you say, Henry? Uh, me llamo Enrique. Oh. My name's Henry. Yeah. Oh. Como te llamas? <laughs> that's that's pretty good. You sound a bit Spanish, mate. Yeah, but it's a beautiful language. Yeah. Uh, um, so do people speak a bit of English over there as well. But yeah, pretty... I mean, they tried a lot of the like. I was in a small country town, like a small place on the coast, so I was. Uh, all Chileans, you know what I mean, and they all spoke Spanish, but they tried. That was the best part, you know. Like on, I'd pick up a, I'd go to a restaurant, pick up a menu and point, and then they'd try and talk English back. But if I tried to talk, they'd look at me like, you, what's going on? Down, yeah, it's don't even bother. Like they know what I needed. Um, so surfing, I need a bit of mountain biking, a bit of yeah, I love that. Since I moved to um, moved here to Queenstown, the outdoor sports. Um, the trail running up in the hills, uh, the, the mountain bike riding, I've seen during the winter the snowboarding and still getting in the surf occasionally, which is good even though it's cold. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah, it's real good. I love uh, love getting on the bike all summer. It's good to have a gondola pass and just get lifts up and you don't have to pedal up. But the way, it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty gnarly riding back down. Those trees are pretty unforgiving. There's, no. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people that won't ride a bike down the gondola because they're worried about the rocks and the trees. But yeah. Yeah, a few of my mates are real good riders, and they always say, "Just lean back and get off the brakes, <laughs> just plow over." But, oh, yeah. Did I hear you were sort of 
knocking on the door of like a record hill climb with you running as well up Queenstown Hill? Uh, yeah, there's... Um, What's the go with that? When I first moved to town, I thought I was in decent running shape. And I ran up, went for, was running all around town, exploring the place, and I ran up Queenstown Hill. Just kind of just like, yeah, because running up Queenstown Hill sucks. Like with yeah, it's all good. Rugby training over the years, <laughs> I've had to do it, and it's tough, man. It's uh, to run up there non-stop. Like you've got to, you got to be some sort of machine. Yeah. Full stop. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, I didn't. Th- I used. To, I love hill running, mate. I love trail running, that sort of stuff. So, and plus, I'm only, I'm only little, like I'm twenty only kilograms. Yeah, right, yeah. I, weigh, I weigh twenty-five. Come on. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what are the, the stats of Queensland? How, what's the, like how? how What's the elevation or how far is it? Uh, Do you know roughly? Um, off the top of my head, it's three k's. The path, the the trail, the um, the walking trail from the sign to the basket is basically the Strava segment because that's when you talk about records and stuff. That's all it is. It's not world famous. It's just on Strava through your you through your Garmin watches. You know what I mean? Right. So Strava is a running app. Strava is the running app. Well, it links. Strava is the app you have on your phone. It's like social media for runners, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's the uh, Strava um, is linked to Garmin. Well, your, your Garmin watch is linked to Strava. Yeah, Strava is Garmin. Yeah, yeah. So every time you go for a run, your Garmin talks to Strava. Strava puts you online, and, yeah, and then yeah. that's where you get your records. But anyway, I, <laughs> I ran up ran up Queenstown here when I first moved here. And yeah, my, I got home, and my phone linked to my watch and stuff. And I had a look, and I was second of all time behind this young lad pretty sure he grew up in Invercargill um, his name is Jack Beaumont yeah he's, and, he's making pretty big waves these and days. he's he's in Texas um, at the moment it's, this is what I last heard but he was he was in Texas on a running scholarship yeah um, and for anyone out there that doesn't really know apparently the university that he's at running at it's like wins all the cross country races and wins all the distance running like it's a yeah, it's he's a prestigious a, he's, he's a good runner he's he holds, a sensation he's the best thing to come out of New Zealand yeah he, he uh, apparently from all of, all accounts he he uh, he holds the park run here in Queenstown for like 13 and a half minutes or something no 14 minutes maybe or something Four, what's that sorry 5k's what yeah wow. and it's and it's not a flat course mate if you have a look it's unreal anyway anyway so, anyway so what time are you guys running up in Queenstown Helen so it's on my phone here, but it's um, from memory. His his quickest time is eleven forty seven on Strava for three kilometres with about. Oh my god! I think it's eighteen hundred metres elevation. No, it wouldn't be that much. It's nah. a thousand metres elevation, maybe. Yeah. I think it's about a thousand metres elevation. It's a clock, like three kilometres, so it's a it's a grind for three k's. Well, it usually takes people sort of forty odd minutes. To it's a, walk. Yeah, it's a and if you're going to walk up like a brisk walk's probably. And you like a quick, quick walks half an hour yeah. fastest. And so, what are you pumping it out? And- well, he's he's eleven forty seven. I'm pretty sure, and I I got mine down to twelve thirty, so I'm just behind him. And I funny part was I got here and saw my time behind his half a minute or whatever it was, and I thought I'm gonna get this guy. Yeah. And uh, now if he hears this, he's gonna come back and stitch me up. <laughs> but I wanna I wanna have a crack. He's in Texas, bro. You're all good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you've been pretty active with Lululemon, I see, over the months, getting some like, sort of community runs and all that sort of thing yeah, going on, and you just been, had a dark run uh, on Sunday. Yeah, that just started the dark run series. Um, that was... Racist. A, a fl- Is it a racial thing? <laughs> no, or, no, not at all, mate. Not at all. Lululemon, I like that. Um, it, was a, it was a follow-on from the light run, um, which was held with a part of the Luma 
Light Festival, the Queenstown um, gotcha. Winter Festival festivities. Run. So we all went, for, well, part of the light run, we all ran around with glow sticks around town, did a 5K through town. Um, and this is now as a flow on, um, and we're going to take this from the Dark Run series into basically help help the community and get everyone around some preparation for the Queenstown Marathon. I'm going to be running the 10K at the Queenstown Marathon, and I want to I want to have a crack and try and I won't say win it, but I'm going to try and run fast as fast as I can, I guess, yeah. for 10Ks. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I'm a little bit out of shape at the moment, but I've I've been doing a lot of a lot of a lot of running and putting the K's in the legs which is good but yeah part of with Lululemon I started this uh, this run club and yeah they're, they're a great organisation to be with <laughs> so we plug there yeah. have you ever run uh, as like a mode of transport or have you always just done it like uh, you ever, like, have you ever yeah. ran to get somewhere yeah I've, or do you, like, what, are you what are you running from Nick yeah I'm running from running from my my fears mate <laughs> my fears that uh, time will run out too quick <laughs> anyway no 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 um yeah, of course, I ran, ran to B places. I mean, sometimes, I, this sounds stupid, but in Adelaide, I would run to training, then I would train as a runner, runner. and then I would run home. <laughs> so you'd run to I'd run, run, like... like I'd, I'd, I'd run to run, basically. Yeah, from a... <laughs> run somewhere from, to go for a run. <laughs> yeah, as I, that, that, like, I just... Like, running... Like, yeah, doesn't mate, seem that much. It doesn't seem fun. No, well, I mean, the funny part of it is I... Um, I like, and everyone thinks I'm crazy, especially if you heard me run past you when you were out on the street, but I talk to myself when I run. It keeps me going. I, I kind of just have a conversation. It's just like I talk to myself as a third person. And all, people have called me out in the past for being, mate, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I'm just, I just talk about anything. I'll talk about work. I'll talk about mates, talk about family, what's going on. Talk, talk, you know, talk myself through life. Yeah. <laughs> Come up with plans to do things. Not, so you're not geeing yourself up. You're like, come on, mate, let's pick it up again here, mate. Here we go. No, no, no. That's that's what the watch is for. When the watch beeps and I look down every case, split and I'm going too too slow, then that's when I'm like, oh, I've got to pick the pace a bit here. But, uh, yeah, I love it. Um, you've got a Lake Hayes event coming up as well, that little side. That's, Can you talk yeah, about that? That's a part of... Um, that's another event with Lululemon. Um, they've got a... An event called Seawees that they host. Seawees. Seawees. S e a w e a z e. Seawees. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's taking a leak in the ocean. No, not seawee. No, 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 no. Not not weeing in the sea. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, part of it was. I'm pretty sure it was founded in Canada. Um, it's a marathon slash uh, music festival where everyone comes together and and runs a marathon or half marathon and then there's a there's a big music festival on stage is put on and it's basically a big party and get everyone together getting the community together um and then on the 17th between the 17th and 24th and i'm going to do it on the 17th because of of august this year um there's a seaway virtual seaways half marathon festival uh, festival half marathon run um once again that's through strava so we can uh, what I'm gonna do is do it around Lake Hayes. So if anyone, well everyone's welcome, but anyone that wants to come and join, you might not necessarily wanna do the whole half marathon with me. Um, and Lake Hayes being a, an eight kilometer loop, you know, we all start together and uh, whoever wants to take off and, and do the whole thing, then we can sort of just lap people that might wanna walk with their dog or, or with their kids or stroll with the, with, the, with the baby in the pram or the dog or whatever, or someone might wanna run one lap and stop or, yeah. you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'm trying to, get as many people as we can a part of that because it'd be good 
good atmosphere to have a lot of people come out for a jog. Yeah, the more the Maria. What advice have you got for people who might have sort of taken on the you know, the responsibility of a, of a marathon or a half marathon for the first time? What, yeah. what can you tell them to sort of help give them a bit of a kick? Well, I've got with, a friend who's, who's with the, not really I mean, good at getting Don't be scared. I mean, everyone, everyone thinks... Like you think of a marathon, you think, Jesus, 40Ks is a long way. Like it is, yeah, on feet, but you gotta, you got to be smart about it. You wouldn't, I mean, I've come from a bit of a running background and, and what I've learned um, in the past is never just try and run a long distance race like a marathon or a, or a 12Ks or, or if you've, you know, a ultra marathon or whatever off no training, you know, you've got to put the Ks in your legs. It's the same as everything. You can't go and deadlift 200 kilos when they've lifted weights before and yeah. it's, it's all it's all correlates you know what i mean you gotta you gotta be real careful with the shoes you wear um and and your nutrition and, and your rest rest is paramount people say that all the time and it's a bit cliche but <clears throat> oh it's it is it really is that's the one of the biggest things i learned when i was racing athletics and through my coach and stuff she would always make sure no matter how hard we train we need to rest just as hard as what we train you know what i mean because it is recovery man it's key rest yeah that's right so but uh yeah i mean if i had any advice i'd just say get out and start your case start your case slow don't need to necessarily be breaking any records straight up um once you get into good good shape you can increase your increase your mileage and increase your pace but it's real gradual you know you'd initially i'd probably run every second day and then when you've a few weeks in and you've you've put 20 k's down a week you can up you can up it slightly you know i'm I'm no professional, but I, would, I would definitely wouldn't suggest just racing into a half marathon because you'll do injuries, you know, stress fractures yeah. and nipples and, will be bleeding. Yeah, yeah it's pretty horrific. Bleeding nipples yeah. and you need bandages. Yeah. Oh mate, it's been in that finish line over the years and see some <laughs> yeah. horrific signs. People do it, mate, and I will tell you what, it's respect. No, don't get me wrong, respect to those people, but it's oh. a thing. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, I yeah, that's a lot of lot of training to get in. I, one of my one of my good mates training partner his his now wife is uh, an Australian a really good re- Australian representative and I remember her telling us when she was running a lot of K's well, well sorry when she was in race mode she was doing like stupid kilometres a week in 200 250 K's a week sometimes and oh stuff like God. that I'm pretty sure it was them sort of K's I mean I remember when I was racing athletics I would only race 800 1500 metres on track and we were doing well I was anywhere from 80 90 K's a week to race 800 meters every few weeks and it's hard hard to fathom but i'm i wasn't born fast you know i needed to get the k's in my legs to be able to hold on yeah yeah yeah, it's crazy admirable (laughs) uh you've got a pretty interesting undertaking that you've sort of just got into yesterday i think you uh yeah yeah became a you became a big buddy yeah i'd like to think of myself as a buddy but uh yeah i um I heard from a few people, including yourself, around town. That's been a part of the program. Um, this is the buddy program. The, where yeah, it's called uh, little little buddy or big buddy program, where you're basically matched up with with a, a child that's um, I wouldn't say underprivileged or anything, but maybe having a hard time at school or, and can't concentrate in school, and they need a bit of a positive guidance in life. Positive um, role model. Yeah, or positive role. And you know, a lot of the a lot of the kids these days are always on their on technology and on the computers and all that sort of stuff the other day and I think the program really pushes to try and get the kids outdoors you know like a, like the old days kids were you know what I mean I remember when I was a kid I, I didn't never had technology well, technology wasn't even around till bloody until I was older a teenager but you know what I mean it was it's the idea is to get the kids out and positive 
positive attitudes and, and help them through, you know, if they're not concentrating at school, it's probably worth having a little conversation when you're out doing, doing the activities with them and, and get them on the right track, you know what I mean, and help them help them along yeah, as so best you can. You're so, a bit nervous before you meet the wee, wee joker. Yeah, oh, yeah. How did it go? Yeah, it was good. His, uh, his name's John. He, uh, he's a little champ. He's, it's exciting. I'm excited. I was, I was definitely nervous last night um, before I met him, but... I don't, you know, I don't know why I was it was all good. I went in and met, I met him and met his mum and his little brother, um, and Nanette, the coordinator, she was there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty chill. He just, he showed me his motorbikes. He oh. told me he was a little ripper on a motorbike, which is oh. good. And it was pretty funny actually. He said to it's me, John. Yeah, he uh, he asked me what I like, and it was good to rather than me after, oh, what are you up to, mate? What are you, what are, what are you into? And all this sort of stuff. He's like, are you a good mountain bike rider? Are you a good snowboard rider? Are you, are you a good builder? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, oh, I think I'm all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But it's exciting. We'll catch up with him for the first time next Wednesday. So we're going to go out and got to think of something fun. He might want to go for a ride or, you know, he, yeah. he did ask if I'm any good at building bike jumps. So I've got to maybe take a spade oh, and put mate, it into work. Sounds like he's like a mini you almost. Yeah, eh? right. he's, he's into everything, which is good. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Mick and John. <laughs> it's exciting. Cool, man. Um, obviously, you you love running. Anything else you, you love? Uh, I love I love building. It's crazy. Like people often say, "What you know? What do you do for work and stuff?" And I'm a chippy, but I, I really enjoy building houses. And yeah, I really enjoy my job. It's a uh, one of them no, not often you get you come across a trader that's like really enjoys doing what they're doing you know but um yeah that i mean i just everything in life i don't i don't do stuff unless i really enjoy it you know what i mean so Too short like, i long, love so. i love coming in the gym here and getting into boxing classes they're unreal um, sort of motivation and, and hard work if you would i never thought boxing was really that hard until you start to box and it's incredibly difficult as you know i mean i thought I thought athletics training was the hardest thing I was ever going to do, and then you come and start the boxing training, and it's like, it's nearly another step up. You know what I mean? It's right. crazy. But to think about and, mm, you know, all the technique, and it comes down to it. But no, I love I love being on my bike. I love getting in the ocean. The ocean for me is a place that I'll um, I'll hold close. I grew up on the ocean, you know, and I learned a lot from my grandfather. He taught me a whole bunch about the ocean, and he's. You know, every time I go there, I always think of him and love surfing. It's why I travelled over to Chile to go for a surf. Um, yeah, just anything, anything that's activity related, I'm, I love. Yeah, <laughs> I love to get into. Oh mate, well, um, thanks for taking us on a journey today. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks uh, for your time, mate. Yeah, it's yeah, bloody good to hear. And I tell you what, cherish every moment. Yeah, no, that, definitely. Know? Every you make might. every every moment yours. I've, I always say when. You grab every opportunity you got and make the most of it. You can tell this is this is pretty crazy, but uh, make sure everyone around you knows exactly how you feel. If you if you if you're happy, tell them, and, and you you want to be there, make sure they know it. You know what I mean? It's always it's always the best. All right, I'll see you at the next dark run. Definitely. Five k is it? Twenty fifth of August, five kilometers. Is that a Sunday? That's a Sunday evening, twenty fifth. Yeah. From the Lululemon store in Queenstown, in the mall. All right. Yeah, we'll see you there. See everyone there. Good man. Thanks heaps, mate. Take it easy. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.